Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. It's hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Paulie just surprised me. Well, a member of the uh, audience, one of our fans sent in a photo, and it's of uh, my basketball team, the junior varsity team at Eastern Kentucky. And, uh, man, I've got some flowing hair. It's on my shoulders. At the time, it was a good look, and it's probably good that you don't have, uh, like, high resolution here to look at the <laughs> acne that I had as well. But you'll know now why um, my the head coach of Eastern Kentucky would call me Golden Boy because uh, of my hair. And uh, he never called me by my first name. He called me Golden Boy. And he didn't mean it in a positive way. You but. look like you're in a like a Sticks tribute band or a Partridge Family character. Yeah. Well, who didn't want to be like David Cassidy back then? Uh, but yeah, I had the long flowing hair and I continued to let it grow until the uh, coach let me play varsity basketball. And as you could see, my hair continued to grow. And I'm number 32, number one in your heart, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. But that, uh, you didn't want to mess with that lineup right there. A lot of memories. Mm. A lot of memories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. You got some scrapbook uh, memories there. Probably uh, some people there who watched us play that they they still have some memories of, of that jumper. But I got to shoot a lot. That's why I, my second year there, I put up 25 shots in a game one time. I had never done that. And I went, this is heaven. Like, I didn't care about school. I didn't care about anything. Nobody's at the game. It didn't matter. I didn't care. I was able to just come down and just fire. It was great. Loved it. Yeah, Paul. I got a question for both you and Andrew, because you were both members of the junior varsity teams, <laughs> Dartmouth and Eastern Kentucky. When you're a player on the JV, do you say I play college basketball? Like when you are at home, like, yeah, yeah. Back, for somebody who didn't play any sports, no, you're always critical I about this, none. which I find it interesting. Like I you didn't I play. play anything. No, but I'm impressed by what, where you guys are. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No. JV impressed. Yeah, I know. I hear you, Paul. Yes, McClough. Can I weigh in first? So there was two levels of JV. <laughs> there were guys like you who came down from the varsity and scored 25 points. And there were guys like me who came in when we were beating like some prep school at the end. So we had a guy, Jason Rosenberg, who came down from the varsity and helped us win every game. Unless we didn't need him, then they sent him back up. I took it as serious as if I was playing for UCLA. Like it was important and loved playing. And... uh you know, the biggest mistake I made is I went to a school that I shouldn't have gone to. I should have gone to something smaller where I would have gotten to play. And uh, I needed I needed a school that recognized my talents is really what it was. I needed a smaller. Somehow a coach at a smaller school would recognize my talents far more than the, those at Eastern Kentucky. But I, as I point out, Eastern Kentucky without me wasn't very successful. So we'll never know how good they could have been. If uh, I was able to play, we didn't have the three point shot, so it really wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, Paul. Was there a D3 school that missed out on you that would be regretting it? Oh, I don't think anybody's regretting it. But you would have been uh, on Division Three. you would have been, you know, a starter, or a featured player. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you everybody in their mind thinks they're better than what they are. And then you get that dose of reality where I'm guarding a guy, Tyrone, two small Jones out of D.C. 
Eastern High, the number one team in the country, high school number one team in the country the previous year. And I'm out there guarding Tyrone Two Small Jones, who's on the varsity. And I realized he's really fast, and I'm not. And that was a nice dose of reality. All right, some phone calls coming up. We settle on a poll question. Is that right, McLovin? Uh, do you want to go with, would you attend a uh, game or Yankees, Dodgers World Series? Uh, I also have one more question. Okay. Which, which sport do you most want to go off without a hitch? And I'm not putting NFL in there because it's so popular, but NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball are all opening around the same time. Which one, as a fan, are you most interested in? Not you. I'm asking no, the people. Okay. Not you, because you you have a duty to follow all three. But what what do you think people would answer? Run it by me again now. So you got hockey, you got baseball, you got basketball. Yeah, it'd be basketball because you have LeBron there, and he has a chance to win another championship. I think the NBA and NHL being in the playoffs already gives them an extra layer. It's different, right? It's yeah. More intrigue. But, if, you know, what's kind of lost in this, if, a Kawhi, if Kawhi wins another title and does it with his third team, we're talking about celebrating LeBron, or at least I do, that he would be doing it with his third team. Kawhi would be doing it with his third team as well. Uh, Rachel Nichols will join us on loan from the jump with uh, ESPN. I don't know if the commissioner is going to say something to the Lakers about holding these informal team workouts and that you're not allowed to do that. But uh, we'll talk to Rachel about that as well. And I don't know if, if you look at testing and you go, is this a good thing or a bad thing? The Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, Buddy Heald, he uh, tested positive on June 24th. Jabari Parker, the Kings, June 24th. Malcolm Brogdon of the Pacers, June 24th. Uh, Nikola Djokic, 20, uh, June 23rd. A couple of unnamed Phoenix Suns players tested positive on June 23rd. So the testing is working, but is that a good thing for the NBA to go into this bubble? Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Uh, let me go to Mark in Las Vegas, who leads us off this hour. Hi, Mark. Hey, Dan. How are you doing today? Good, good, good. Uh, okay, my question is, um, do you think think the NBA might have messed up? I think that they should have canceled the NBA season and focused on the WNBA season because it's a smaller league. It's have to get more eyes on it because they've been struggling the last couple of years. What do you think about that? Wait, so they wouldn't care about the NBA? They'd only care about the WNBA? Well, because the, the NBA season is... To me, I know how you've been saying it the last week, I mean, about the last month, that there's going to be an asterisk. I believe in that because it's going to be different than the 99 season. Reason being, 99 season, they played 50 games and then went into the playoffs. Yeah, but there's so much no money problem. at stake, Mark. And thanks for the phone call. I mean, there's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. That, that's why all of these leagues are playing. They're not doing it for our morale. They're doing it for their bottom line. Hundreds of millions of dollars. People don't even know the WNBA is coming back for, what, a three-week schedule. The NBA, we know about that and the amount of money. And it's playoff money that's so important for these uh, TV partners. Bob in Ohio. Hi, Bob. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, 510-180. 
wanted to get your opinion, Dan, if uh, you believe that seasoned MLB managers like Tito Francona or Joe Madden, if they'll play a more significant role in this team's success in a shortened season. How so? Um, well, like the decision-making uh, as far as, you know, somebody tests positive or, you know, when it comes to the playoffs and things like that. Well, I, those are two brilliant managers, but you got Joe Madden going to a new team. Frank has been with that Indians team for quite some time. Thank you for the phone call, Bob. I think the strategy, like the philosophy of a manager and how he wants to build his team for 50 games and then go into the postseason, that will be interesting. Are you going to change your formula and go, I want a deeper pitching staff? Tampa has probably 15 pitchers in their organization who can contribute this year. And that's why you have some of these analysts saying Tampa is a team to reckon with here because of that depth. I don't know what this means for hitting. Uh, usually pitching starts out uh, you know, as having more of an advantage over the hitting. I don't know how this is going to work out since we had spring training and then it, the, things got shut down and now we start again. Uh, so, you know, does it help to have an experienced manager? Absolutely. But I want to know if he's going to be set in his ways or he's going to change because he sees maybe there's a window of opportunity to take advantage of the depth that they have on their roster or in their farm system. Uh, Manuel in Ohio joining us. Hey, Manuel. Hey, Dan. How you doing? Good, uh, sir. At first, I'd like to thank your entire team for continuing your show during the shutdown. I still had to work, so that bit of normalcy was awesome to have. So I'd just like to thank your entire team for doing that. Well, thank you. And I, what I'm wanting to ask you is, how are we going to be able to social distance and have a huddle? How are we going to be able to social distance and have a mound visit? How's that going to be possible? Well, I mean, you, like you can do that at the mound because you can stay six feet apart with your glove over your face. And I think that they, and thanks for the, the compliment, Manuel. McLovin, would you check on what they were talking about with not huddling up? Will other players have, be able to hear, you know, can the quarterback talk to them? I saw something, and I, I, I want to give credit, but it was something about to do with huddling up in the NFL of how they will go about not huddling up once the season starts. Yeah, see. But just the act of playing football is way more dangerous than the huddle. Yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it doesn't really, I mean, if you're getting all bloody and sweaty and spitty all over each other every single play, and then but then don't talk to each other in the huddle. I, but we were talking about this uh, prior to the show, and Paulie brought up the fact that, you know, when you're in the NBA, you're right up against each other. You're In football, I may hit you, and then, you know, the play is over. Uh, but I've got a shield on, a helmet on, I got pad, you know, all of these things. The NBA, it's unless there's the pile, of course, but the NBA, it's just I'm up there guarding you, holding on to you, bodying you face to face. Yeah, McLovin. I'm reading it's a suggestion from ProFootballTalk.com's Shereen Williams. Why not try this where they don't have huddles, but everyone gets a radio in their ear? Yeah, that's okay. She said the NFL and the NFLPA have not considered this or at least said they've considered this okay. yet, but it's a great idea. Yeah, I, and Seton's right. Like the, That's the least of their worries is, you know, hey, we can't huddle up. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how. There, there's just so many things that, like, you don't think of those things. You just go, all right, they're coming back and playing. And then somebody will bring up a question. You go, oh, I never thought of that. There's so many of those I never thought of that. John in Atlanta joining us. Hi, John. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. 59176. I uh, wanted to do two things real quick. 
I, you know, I used to listen to you back when you were with Dibble way back in the day and sort of just lived my life. And over the last year, I've been a stay-at-home dad. And during the pandemic, I got reacquainted with the show. And it's been great. Uh, it's better than I remember. So I thank you for that. And so what I wanted to... What I wanted to give you is an unofficial poll question. Sorry, McLovin, not taking your not taking your uh, your gusto there. Ooh. But to you and the Danettes, given everything you know about why sports are coming back, should sports come back? Should they not? Would you, given all the power in the universe, would you just shut everything down until next year? <sighs> Thank you, John. Thank you for the compliment. Yeah, I would. I would because I, I, I just, I don't know what it's going to look like, feel like I'd love to have football, you know, in the fall, love to have baseball now, love to have all of this. I just, I don't know what compromises we're going to have to make. These athletes are going to have to make, but there's so much money at stake. The there's billions of dollars at stake in the NFL. There's hundreds of millions of dollars at stake in college football. Baseball, hundreds of millions. Basketball, hundreds of millions. That's why they're doing everything they can possibly do to get these sports back, leagues back. And I, I just think the window is pretty tight here to try to get. And I'm looking at this as from now to the end of the year. And just when you say, well, New York and Connecticut and New Jersey, what what New York went through, you hope nobody else goes through that. But you have all of these hotspots now, and you have that in Florida. You have that in Texas. There are other states where they didn't have much, if anything, and now you have hotspots there. I just don't know where we're going to be in a month from now, two months from now. You get to September. Hot weather was supposed to take care of this. It hasn't. Because hot weather brought out the, it felt like the mindset, let's get outside. It's warm outside. That's what people do in normal times. But, you know, if you have these college athletes, a lot of these athletes, teams that have a big hit, they've been at bars. Soccer teams, you know, they got, you know, we got uh, some soccer teams that got hit with the coronavirus. They were at a bar. Uh, football teams at a bar. And trying to keep 20, 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds quarantined inside? It's, it's, I, it's just not going to happen. Also, when you're asymptomatic, hey, it's not going to affect me. There are so many people it does not affect. Absolutely true. But there are so many people that it will, especially in Florida. I mean, just imagine the number of older people in Florida. And we can say, let's let's just go back. Let's plow through it. And that's what we're going to do. But I, I think for the betterment of the sports, the leagues, the athletes, their families, I'd shut it down. I've enjoyed the Premier League. I've enjoyed golf. It's wonderful. But I'm not the one competing in it. I'm not the one that's out covering it. I'm not the athlete who has to go out there. The owners are voting on all of this. The owners aren't going to be out there. Players are. Coaches are. Managers are. Bottom line, it's about money. Plain and simple. More phone calls coming up. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Say good morning to chat row. 
Uh, Tyler, the uh, moderator, is handling the duties there. YouTube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. The big German is handling uh, those duties. He's our official director. Boys played golf yesterday. Seton went out there with uh, boys, uh, the uh, backroom guys. Yeah. You had uh, Dylan. Mm-hmm. You had Tyler. Yeah. And Mario. Mario, yeah. Yeah, he was my partner. Any drama? No, no, no drama. Couple beers, uh, lots of lost balls, and uh, it's a good time. Beautiful weather. Any so nothing at stake. No, no money riding on this. You know there was uh, several holes that were like uh, like Tyler would say to Dylan, uh, if you make this, or, you know, if I make this, you have to chug your beer. Those kinds of things. And it, Tyler never made it. Not a single time. So, yeah, there were a lot of those. Uh, so right now, it's a, I think Tyler owes about, uh, I don't know, a case of chugged beers. But, yeah, it was a good time, though. It was fun. And this is a public service announcement for Chat Row. If you despise Mario, you get a chance to see him. He's going to open up my mail. Um, and uh, that'll be during the live look-in. Is that legal? That he's opening up my mail? Yeah, it's not addressed to him. I think that's some type of violation. Uh, well, I, I'm giving him the authority to open up my Officially. mail. Well, he's the one that gets all of the mail. And when people ask for things to be signed, Mario is always complaining that we never signed things. And then he got blamed for a guy who wanted a shirt or a, a, I think a wife who wanted a shirt for a husband for Father's Day. Well, that was the best coming back the day after Father's Day, and there's two Father's Day presents there, mostly signed. And, and Mario Fire. got blamed for it. So I just said to Mario, I'm going to put you on camera. You can open up all the mail, and then you take ownership with all of this, and people know that you're doing your job. So I think that's coming up. It's, it's a new segment. It's called Mario opens up the... <laughs> Air mail, we'll call it. Oh, oh no. do you know ye- yesterday, the one year anniversary of the shot, the <laughs> the, the the air ball by Mario. Oh, guys, that's been a year already. Yeah, it was a year ago yesterday. I wish we had footage of too it. soon. Oh, too soon. Oh man, that was a year ago yesterday. Oh boy, I should have just held it for the I know. seconds. I just felt like that would have been cheating or something. Like, that's against the spirit of the game. <laughs> Your reaction. I love Todd's defense there. He didn't have to play any defense. And I put the pressure on I him, know. and he just felt like, oh, my God, I guess I have to shoot. And, I forgot what the score was. All yeah. Mario has to do is hold on to the ball or hit draw iron, and you guys go and play for the title. Damn it. <laughs> I feel like we had such a good chance to really compete against Andrew's team. You did. Damn. You did. But, yes, McLevin. No, you didn't. <laughs> that is true. McLovin was so much better than everybody else. And I had my henchmen. That was the... Yeah. Yeah, you had the guys who did the dirty work. All right, let me take a break. Rachel Nichols will join us on loan from The Mothership coming up next. You were, uh, more phone calls coming up as well here at Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. More phone calls coming up. McLevin will update the poll results. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. She's the host of the NBA Finals on ABC and, of course, the jump on the mothership. She's Rachel Nichols joining us on the program. Good morning, Rachel. How's morale? Good morning, Dan Patrick. Well, what's the day, right? Is it Thursday? Are we good on Thursday? It changes every few hours. But 
I get it doesn't feel good to me. And I hate to be negative, but I'm just trying to be realistic here. Um, where do you stand on Which where? Which part, Dan? The NBA, the world at large, <laughs> our future as a planet. I mean, you could be talking about a lot of things. How about the, we'll stick with the NBA? How optimistic are you this this goes off without a hitch? Uh, I mean, I think there's going to be hitches. That's the definition of 2000, you know, 2020. But but do I think it's going to come off? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think it will. I, I think they can expect positive tests. They're already starting to show them. They had players start reporting this week and getting tested and they expected a baseline of five to 10 percent of positive tests. But I do think that they have a pretty good plan of these layering within a bubble that's not actually a bubble as a way of trying to prevent people from getting sick in any kind of large number. The doomsday scenario for them, a lot of people say, oh, what if it rips through one team and that team has to drop out? That would be bad. But that is not, to me, the doomsday scenario. The doomsday scenario is that if someone gets seriously ill or dies, I mean, that will be a tragedy at personal level and, of course, something that would be part of the NBA's legacy forever. So they are appropriately terrified of that. Um, That is why you are seeing some of the back and forth between some of the older coaches in the league and the rules about whether guys are allowed to come or not. Um, some pushback on whether what their rules are in place are legal or not, but that is all from the baseline fear of the worst thing that can happen is that somebody dies on our watch. And I understand that. I also look at this, you know, from the competitive standpoint of who is going to have an advantage, maybe a little bit more of an advantage than we thought, or maybe a disadvantage because no home court advantage for the Lakers and the Bucks. So that's a big deal. It feels like maybe a team can steal I know maybe not the title, but they can certainly steal a, ser- a series or two here. Do you give me, a, I guess, handicap who you like? And then is there a surprise team in the East and the West? I think there will be at least one surprise team in one of the conference finals. And I absolutely think you're right that there are so many unknown elements here. You know, we talk about the 99 lockout season where they played the shortened season and the number eight seeded Knicks got to the finals against the Spurs and actually played part of those finals without, you know, they didn't play with Patrick Ewing. So I I think when you have sort of one of these all bets are off times, anything could happen. I think teams with veterans are probably going to do a little bit better. I think they understand how to sort of tame the boredom and how to stick to their routines. Those are lifelong routines. They're not as distracted by other things. Um, and a lot of it is going to be luck, which happens, by the way, in any NBA season. Ask the Golden State Warriors last year. Um, we will possibly have important players missing key parts of series. And I think the NBA is hoping the fans start to treat if someone is on a uh, coronavirus quarantine, that it's kind of like getting injured for two weeks. We'll see if people actually feel that way. But I do think that, look, uh, you are not no one's excited about having an NBA championship in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm not looking for a silver lining here. But but I will say what I love the most about sports in general is I don't know what's going to happen. I love big comic book movies. It's one of my favorite things. But when I go see an Avengers movie, I know the Avengers are going to win <laughs> like that. That is that is I'm entertained when I go see a movie with The Rock. I know The Rock is going to win no matter what happens with all the explosions. The Fast and the Furious guys are going to win. It's entertaining. But when I go see a sporting event, especially a big one where I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know which team is the Avengers. I don't know who the hero is. I don't know who the villain is. And I think that's going to be more true in this NBA than we've ever had before. And I think that is going to be a little bit exciting. I like the Rockets. I, I either I'm either all in or not. Like I think they're going to be either really good or they're going to you know bow out quickly here. And I don't know why. It just feels like that 
that system, that style, those athletes, and if you're in, maybe it comes down to who's in the best shape, like physically in the best shape and doesn't have any positive tests here. Um, I don't know what you think of the Rockets' chances. Yeah, well, look, I, I think there are teams where this break, and by the way, this break is going to be longer than most off seasons, that this break is really going to help them. And the Rockets are one of them. And the fact that it's going to be a short regular season before we go into the playoffs is going to help the Rockets too. You have James Harden and PJ Tucker, who both looked like they were running on fumes before the NBA shut down. And especially because the Rockets had decided to do this, uh, they're calling it micro ball. It's like whatever smaller than small ball uh, means that PJ Tucker was playing all those center minutes and really getting beat up by guys who are five or six inches taller than him. Well, he's just had three months rest. Yeah. James Harden, who has famously run out of gas in playoff series, has just had three months rest. And the idea that teams were going to see this micro ball, this new style that the Rockets adapted really just a few months before the shutdown happened, um, that the teams aren't going to get that much film on that before they go into playoff series. So I think the Rockets are, it's a, it's a good pick. They're one of those teams that could end up really benefiting from this unusual situation. The Philadelphia 76ers yeah. are a team that are definitely going to at least get a better leg up than they would have because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were hurt, right, when this shutdown happened. So the fact that those guys are going to be healthy and that Joel would have had, again, he's the guy who gets beat up through the season, will have had a few months off to rest, that can only help them. Now, of course, they were a team that was really dependent on their home court and their home record, and they're, they're not going to have that. They're going to have, like, a couple guys in the stands doing golf claps for them. That's it. Rachel Nichols, host of NBA Finals on ABC, the jump on ESPN. The loss of Avery Bradley means what to the Lakers? I think it's it's not insignificant. The, the playoffs are a slog, right? I mean, a lot of who wins the NBA championship is about what kind of depth you have. And, and they just took a pretty big hit to their depth. Avery Bradley started 44 games for the Lakers this year. And when he's the closest defender to a guy and how that guy is shooting, it's one of the stats that the NBA keeps now. He is actually the best in the league at defending the three guys effective field goal percentages against him are the lowest in the league now alex caruso is also on that list in the top five so that is of some solace cantavius caldwell pope will also be able to fill in some minutes for them they're talking about adding jr smith to the roster um <laughs> which you know it's it's not going to be boring if you're lebron james and you're in the bubble with jr smith rajon rondo Deion Waiters, JaVale McGee. I mean, the list goes on and on. This team, I, I mean, that's club quarantine right there. I know that we loved, and I, I've been on this bandwagon, this kick, that it feels like if you don't like LeBron, you're going to attach an asterisk if he wins the title. And it's not, I mean, I think it's going to be harder for a team to win a title this year. It'll be harder for LeBron to win a title because everybody's back to, you know, they're playing, a, it's a level playing field here, Rachel. And I, I'm like, no, to the contrary. He should get more credit if he's able to win another title here with the Lakers. Where do you stand on this? I'm not a big fan of, of the Asterix anyway for, for game conditions. Now, talk to me about the Houston Astros, and I might have a different conversation. <laughs> um, but when it talks to like what, what teams are doing on the court, I don't think we get to hand out asterisks because every, every slog to a championship is its own journey. And if it was so easy then the other 28 teams would have gotten to the NBA Finals. I mean, you can't say that. Oh, that, that was a cakewalk. Well, how come not everybody else did it? I think there are years you have injuries. I certainly would never ascribe an asterisk to this, last year's Toronto Raptors team, but they did play a Warriors team in the Finals that was very different than the Warriors teams that the Cleveland Cavaliers faced in the previous couple of years. 
That doesn't mean that the Raptors didn't goddamn earn that title with the daring move Masai Ujiri made and getting Kawhi Leonard and all the ways that Nick Nurse integrated that team and the gutty performances of Kyle Lowry. I just, I just don't think any of these teams get asterisks no matter who they're playing. And I certainly agree with you, Dan, that whoever wins this NBA championship it is going to be like a, an episode of Survivor because not only will you have to get through all of these crazy obstacles, it's going to be bizarre being on that campus, starting with 22 teams. And after three weeks, half the guys leave. And then it's halved again the next couple of weeks. And then it's halved again. People are being sent off the island and there you are, last man standing. It is going to be not just a physical, but a psychological warfare situation. Times have changed at the mothership. I don't think I could get away with that language when I was back there <laughs> doing Sports Center. Man. Man. Well, you know, we're, we're a, little, a little more fast than this year. ESPN Blue there is, is what, what I had. You know. um, I, I, I don't know if you got caught up in any of the, um, the lists that come out in top 10 and top 5, but the thing that I brought up whenever these lists come out, who do you see that maybe is going to be a top 5 all-time player or top 10 all-time player? Uh, you know, Steph Curry's already on the kind of on the cusp. And then we're going to take out some of these older players. Durant's going to be a top 10 player of all time. Does Larry Bird come out of the top 10 at some point? Does Jerry West come out? Does Oscar? I, I'm, I'm curious, and you've had these discussions with Tracy McGrady yeah. and, and those guys, but your thoughts on players who are going to go in and let's say 10 years from now, who's in the top 10, who's now out of the top 10? I'm personally, I know that even you mentioned the network I work for. I mean, they make their bread and butter on those lists. So this is going to be an unpopular <laughs> uh, comment. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of those lists. I'm right I, there I with you. So much, right? <laughs> Depends on who you saw play. I, I didn't, well, I'm going to be honest. I did not watch Oscar Robertson play, Dan Patrick. So, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to interview him. I, I've spent time with him, but I did not watch him play basketball. So when I am trying to make an educated comparison between him and some of the guys of today, I can't pretend that I can do that. And neither can anyone else who didn't watch him live because we don't have the kind of footage that we have now. Yeah. And I just, I, it, it drives me crazy. And then it also drives me crazy that people have these arguments about, well, so-and-so is a top 10 guy. And to your point, okay, well, who are you taking out? And so many people, when they love to have these arguments, don't want to have the second part of that <laughs> argument about who they're taking out. I know. It'll be like, uh, oh, such and such should have been in the Pro Bowl. I say, okay, who are you taking out? You so can't have who, right? 50 guys in there, but I think Durant will be a top 10 player. Steph Curry's going to be a top 10 player. The Greek freak has a long way to go. I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm missing. Is Kawhi Leonard, if he wins a third title, could Kawhi go in just based off of that? When he's all said and done, could Kawhi Leonard be a top 10 player of all time? He's someone I'm still not sure about just because of the injury factor. So I don't know how long his career is going to be. And I yeah. do think that that will come into how we ultimately see him. But if he wins a title in three separate places on three separate teams, where he will clearly have been the engine. And and by the way, that's no disrespect to Tim Duncan or anyone he won that first first title with, but Kawhi was the MVP. So that doesn't mean that he was the most important player on that team. That goes to someone else. But you certainly can say that he had a significant hand in that title because he was the most valuable player. And then, of course, he was the MVP of that Raptors team. If he wins with the Clippers and he is the MVP of that team, 
that has to put him at least in the conversation. But just don't ask me which conversation or who I have to take out because I don't I don't do that. And I, you know, the uh, last dance with Jordan, all it did is it it was brilliant strategy. I thought it was uh, it was incredible marketing by Jordan's people to say, hey, new generation that thinks LeBron or Steph or KD. Let me this is a 10 part reminder. Ken Ken Burns spent nine episodes on the Civil War. We spent 10 on Michael Jordan one year here. He just reinforced no one will touch Jordan anytime in the, you know, while we're still alive. Yes, and Ken Birds did not give either Abraham Lincoln or Robert E. Lee editing rights, which is basically what <laughs> wow. Michael Jordan got. So that is wow. even another issue. Well, well I, I mean, it wasn't a secret. I know. It's not I, a secret. I love that Sam Smith said, I said, what do you think of the documentary? He said, um, it was based on a true story. <laughs> but that's but that's kind of what all of this is, right? Who gets to tell the story, right? The the, the victors tell write the story, they write history and, yeah. and 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 that's true of of all of this. All the tales we tell, everything. It's not just Michael Jordan in his documentary. Whoever has the loudest voice and whoever wins gets gets to tell it. And and, and that's part of sports too, is everyone sits around, ah, oh, back in my day and the and the tails grow taller and the and the baskets <laughs> grow bigger and all of that stuff. And the other guy says, ah, oh, he's not even telling it right. This this is what happened. And that's we got to have 10 episodes of that during quarantine. I will say, and you know this, Dan, because you cover Michael Jordan. I was thrilled that people got to see a little up close of the Michael we know where he would just do these drive by assassinations of people in the context of someone. He's telling a story about someone totally different. I'm not even talking about the Isaiah Thomas with the with iPad and the laughing and all that. I'm talking about he's telling a story about something else. And just in the middle of conversation drops this wicked, wicked sort of rejoinder flattening someone. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm thinking in myself, there's a pandemic. This dude who probably thinks Michael Jordan doesn't even remember him is sitting in his house with his <laughs> wife and kids. And all of a sudden, Michael Jordan launches a grenade at him as he is strolling by going somewhere else. And that is exactly the Michael Jordan that I spent time covering. I just don't know this, Rachel, why he went from the flu to to uh, food poisoning. He the food, the, 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 the pizza food poisoning game that doesn't have the same ring to you. Is that, is that what you're saying? I think it's air sickness. I think it's altitude <laughs> sickness. It's something like I, I, I joked sort of that air Jordan can't get altitude sickness. Like it would be bad for the brand if, if that were the right. case, but <laughs> well, you, Dan, let me ask you a question. Okay. Um, I, I, you are extremely famous. You might not be quite as famous as Michael Jordan in his prime, mm. but a well-known man. Mm. When you stay at a hotel, do you check in under Dan Patrick? I did not. See, so do you really think this is the part of the story I have a problem with <laughs> that Michael Jordan was in his hotel room under the name Michael Jordan <laughs> and then ordered a pizza under the name Michael. Hi, this is this is Michael Jordan. It's the NBA finals. I'm playing for the other team. I would love a pizza. Could you come deliver a pizza to Michael Jeffrey Jordan? Yeah, that's with an M and then a J. And <laughs> right. OK, great. And then he orders this pizza that everyone knows it's him. So they know to put something on it. And then the five guys show up at the door. But that's not something that's noted or remembered at the time. And by the way, you think that if there were five guys at the door, we wouldn't have five guys with book deals right now bragging about it. <laughs> I poisoned Michael Jordan. Come on. Uh, the five guys showing up to deliver the pizza and, you know, stay with the flu. You had the flu. That's it. That's all you got to do. It it's was all the good. Flu I did like game. when he said the line in the doc. I ate the whole pizza.
Well, he used to spit on it so nobody got to eat it. That that's what Jordan that's what Jordan would do. He'd spit on the pizza so nobody got to eat any of his pizza. If he got up to use the bathroom, he didn't want you eating any of his pizza. God, he's even competing about eating pizza. That's good stuff. Hey, uh, I hope you're well. And uh, are you going? Are you bubble worthy? Are you going to the bubble? We we're we're still working out our bubble plan. I do have a question okay. for you though before okay. before I go. Okay. I, I didn't know if you were getting any ideas from the NBA's protocol in Orlando, and I didn't know if any of the Danettes were going to have a snitch line on you or how this was going to work. If you were going to take any tips and mm. and what that snitch line would be, I, I have questions. You mean the Chris Paul line? Uh, I, I I am not saying that, it's Dan. Not that is, <laughs> I'm divorcing myself from this part of the conversation. <laughs> well, then I can't answer your question if you're not answering my question, Rachel. It's quid pro quo. You know that. Uh, hey, it's Don't great. worry. I'll run the snitch line. I'll find out for the Danettes. <laughs> it's great to see you. And uh, thanks for joining Thank us. You. That's uh, Rachel Nichols, host of NBA Finals on ABC, The Jump on ESPN. We'll take a break. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. That's a good appearance by Rachel Nichols. Who knew that she was so serious? The Toronto Raptors, they're dropping a GD. Jeez. She's really defensive about the Raptors. Yes, McLovin. By the way, we all think there's an asterisk there, right? Oh no! Come on, that was that was one of the bigger asterisks. That, the Rockets being the ultimate one, that Raptors team the second ultimate one because of the injuries to the yeah, Warriors. Durant was hurt. But once again, nobody brings up that uh, the Spurs won in 1999, and Patrick Ewing didn't even play for the Knicks against them in the finals. Well, you'll admit that people bring up the Rockets without Jordan. You know what? They played, they won. I, you know, Mike decided he was taking a vacation. I'm not going to put an asterisk by the Rockets. That Rockets team was a great team. That, that was a great team. And they, there's no shame in winning in, uh, two titles without Michael Jordan in the league. I'd celebrate it. Oh, there's no shame in it. But it's still like when, when you look back on it, it does jump into your mind a little bit. Nobody brings up the Spurs when they won in 1999, McLovin. Playing without Patrick Ewing. They, they played a Knicks team without Patrick Ewing. Yeah, but people call that the worst finals team. I think it is the worst finals team ever, right? They're the lowest record, lowest seed. They were an eighth seed. But nobody says, let's put an asterisk because strike shorten and you played the Knicks without Patrick Ewing. I'll go even a little hotter. LeBron's second Cleveland, yeah. our first Cleveland title. Curry doesn't hurt his knee in that playoffs. I don't know. I don't know if that's happening either. Wait, the title he won in Cleveland? Yeah, when Kyrie got hot and LeBron played great. Curry, didn't Curry miss like two series that postseason? Yeah, but this, it's about survival the fittest, man. Well, the, the reason that the Raptors are such an asterisk, because if Durant, like they, they probably weren't the best Western Conference team by the time they were all beat up. The Rockets might have beaten the Raptors. You know, that's what people say. Yeah. All you, all you can do is beat the team in front of you. That's that's it. And also, let Kawhi's jump shot against the Sixers is where I'm really coming from. Bounced it like seven all over the place. And it eventually went in. And now, even you, you're jinxing my Sixers. You mentioned them as a team that potential to win it all. Well, they have the talent. My problem is, is they can't win away from home. 
They can win at home. They can't win away from home. Uh, Nick in Florida is back with us. Hi, Nick. What do you have for me today? Hey, Nick. See you, Nick. Uh, Michael in Florida joining us. Hey, Mike, what do you have for me? Hey, DP, thank you for taking my call. Sure. I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, start to start off, I think if there's ever a year you guys deserve the Emmy um, throughout this pandemic, you have separated yourselves from the rest, from the content to the guests. Um, you, you guys have definitely been an A-plus and have helped myself throughout the pandemic, so I appreciate it. Wait a minute. Hold on, Michael. Paulie has a question. Yeah, yeah, but we're still waiting on the nomination for 2019. So are you saying we deserve it for 20 and we get it next year, or do we deserve the one that we worked on from last year that hasn't been given out yet? I think you deserve it every year, Thank but you. specifically two, 2020 you. with the pandemic that we've been dealing with, for sure. All right. Well, I'm a daily, you, daily listener down here in Florida on the beach, so I, I, I appreciate you guys every single day. I, I did want to ask you what you thought the chance was of either the NBA and or the MLB not even getting off the floor, not even starting up the season based on these spikes in cases and I think we're going to have it. It just feels like they're going to force it. They're going to force it through. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for the compliments. It, there's just too much time, money invested in this, too much money at stake that they're going to, they're going to push it through somehow, some way that they're going to be able to pull this off. And I think once you get in the bubble, my concern is once you're in the bubble, what about the people who aren't affiliated with the NBA who work there, who then come in and they're cleaning rooms, they go home. They don't, they're not quarantined. They're, they don't stay in the bubble. And making sure everybody's tested. I'm trying not to do the uh, doomsday approach to this. But, and it, it's just hard not to be a little pessimistic with all of this. The NFL doesn't cancel anything. They just cancel the Hall of Fame game. All right, you got my attention. I, I didn't think they were going to play it. Now I realize they're not going to play it. I still have doubts about them starting the season on time. The same with college football. I mean, here's golf. Golf's got issues now. By the way, we're going to talk to a caddy coming up, Paul Tesori. He's Webb Simpson's caddy, and uh, Webb Simpson pulled out of the event in Hartford. Uh, he doesn't have the coronavirus, but somebody in his family does. He did that for precautionary reasons. So we'll talk to his caddy. Like, what are the steps here? And more phone calls coming up as well. Two hours in the books. One more to go. Dan Patrick Show.